Queer Money Bingo is coming live to Denver, Colorado on Thursday, June 13th at the downtown Capital One Cafe. To sign up for your door prizes, pride sunglasses, free coffee, more swag, fun, and games, go to queermoneypodcast.com forward slash tour. David? Yes, John? We're in fantastic company. We are why? Because one of the gigantic missions of the Queer Money Podcast is to create one million queer millionaires. Yeah, I know. But how does that put us in good company? Because the founder of the $20 million venture capitalist firm, serial entrepreneur, author, podcaster, speaker, social media influencer, Arlen Hamilton, also wants to see more queer millionaires. And how do you know this? Because she says so in her new book, Your First Million, and shares it on. You're listening to Queer Money, episode number 476. And today we're joined again by the inspiring Arlen Hamilton. Let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. So welcome back, Arlen Hamilton, to the Queer Money Podcast. We're excited to see you again. Thanks so much for having me again. Absolutely. Dave and I read your book together. We sit next to each other in bed before we fall asleep and we read the book to each other. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a very inspiring and... and, and <laughs> I love it's it. A very inspiring and fun read. So we're curious from your perspective, we don't want to uh, inject our, our opinions in too soon, but what was your purpose in writing the book? What inspired you to, to do this? Yeah, I wrote It's About Damn Time a few years ago, 2020, came out, you know, the height of things and it was really needed and just a very different experience, I guess, releasing your first book. But so many people to this day still tell me every single day how much it helped them. And because it did pretty well, I had the opportunity to write about whatever I wanted to. And I thought, you know what, I have spent the last decade realizing that the steps needed to make a million dollars or become a millionaire even are teachable, learnable. What if I created a guide that got people on the path? Because you have to you have to read it. First of all, most people will not read it. They'll buy it or they'll have it waiting on their Audible, but they actually won't listen to it or read it. So first, if you read it, you have surpassed so many people. Then to execute on the takeaways, you're in a whole different league of people. But I knew that there would be some people who did both and that I could help change their lives. I love that. I love that. You did a great interview with Lindsay Davis on ABC News where you said the first step to sort of getting on that millionaire trajectory is a mindset shift. And so many in our community, the LGBTQ plus community, are dealing with generational challenges that is almost like some of the adverse mindset is almost in our DNA sometimes by the time we mm -hmm. get to adulthood. And that kind of keeps us from what our dreams are. So how do you change that mindset that you alluded to in that interview? If maybe you don't even realize that you need to shift your mindset to begin with. Yeah, I think a couple of things come to mind. One is that I hear so many people who are brilliant and who are wonderful 
just completely put themselves down in a conversation before we even get started. And it may be my sort of energy, like I'm coming in, they think they have to impress or something and they don't, they, but people will say, oh, I'm just this, or I just did this. I've met, and I've seen it across the board. And I think you're right. I think we have the challenges, we have the trauma, we have all the things where, especially with LGBTQ+, we've always, many of us have felt like an outsider and we've kind of had to we kind of have our dukes up right we're like ready to to defend and ready to kind of be told we're less than in some situation and some of that has seeped into us but the second thing that i so it's like noticing if you do that right Mm -hmm. notice if you do that if you say if you minimize yourself in situations well i only do this or i don't know how to do that or so that's first thing the second thing is Think about the people who are in power. Think about the people, not only who are in power, because there are a lot of great people in power too. Think about people who have a voice, a strong voice in this country, who you may not agree with, who may in fact be detrimental to the country or to you as a person or your and your friends. Think about it more like we have to counter that. We have to be the salve in that situation. We have to be the anecdote, the antidote. What is it? Yeah, you antidote. got it. Antidote. <laughs> the antidote to that mm-hmm. sickness. So sometimes when I'm listening to people, like I'll give Elon as an example. Not everybody hates Elon, but I don't. I don't. I can't stand Elon Musk. I think he's really dangerous in the way he's talking today. The rhetoric he has today. It might have been different before, but something has changed. Mm-hmm. And I can just be mad about that and scared about that and worried about that. Or I can say, you know what? I have a voice too. So I'm going to make some videos and I'm going to type with my thumbs on X and I'm going to say stuff. And I'm, sometimes I'll say stuff that's so kind of out there that makes people listen because mm-hmm. he's saying stuff that's out there that makes them listen. So I'm going to match that energy with the good, quote unquote, that I believe I have. Now, everybody's their own hero in their own story, right? But mm-hmm. that's how I think someone could really view this and say, actually, if I don't step out of my own sort of, you know, shell, there may be some people who need to hear me who never get to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about that quote, if not me, who, if not Mm -hmm. now, when, right. That's kind of what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you, you bring up this point of using that qualifier of just, I think yeah. a lot of us do that, especially as entrepreneurs or individuals who are trying to get something going in our lives, and we do minimize ourselves. I, I find that John and I do this a lot, especially when we're pitching a brand to do mm-hmm. work together with them. And we'll look at it and we'll say, well, we just have X number of followers. Yes. We don't have 700,000 followers like this person. There's no way they would want to connect with us. But you're you're right my message and the way I say it and who I'm connecting with is very different than the person who has those 700,000 followers. Yeah. And it's also, you don't know what someone else might consider to be great. I was just talking to someone, really amazing person, entrepreneur, done really well, but they said, I only have 3000 people on my mailing list. (laughs) So sure. For someone who has a hundred thousand, 3000 may seem small, but for someone who has zero or a hundred, 3,000 is like, how did you get 3,000 people on your mailing list? Yeah. We do that and we take ourselves out of the game. Yeah. We yeah. take ourselves out of the game for no when reason. Those people who have 100,000 on their, their email list, 
how many of them are actually engaged? I mean, we know a lot of people who have gigantic exactly. lists and only like a thousand are engaged. So you might have 3000 engaged subscribers who open every single email. 100%. And how yeah. did those, how did everyone get started? It's like, it's just, it's really, there's so many different layers to things and we're counting ourselves out right before it gets good. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to one of the missions of the Queer Money podcast is to create 1 million LGBTQ plus millionaires. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's this cognitive dissonance in the community that we've noticed where there's sort of like this eat the rich mentality, but I, but it, there's always like, but I wouldn't mind myself I, being rich, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So how do you suggest doing what you're doing? Like not discounting yourself. Don't get so focused on the negative. How do you, how do you not focus on the negative and focus on the positive side that building wealth can bring not only to you, but to your mm -hmm. family and to your community? It goes back to being the version of what you want to see in the world to counter what you don't want to. So a lot of people really are like, I say this all the time, like they're up in arms about billionaires. They just kind of blanket, I hate billionaires. Okay. But if you were, if somebody said you won the billion dollar lottery, would you say no to it? I don't know anybody who would. Because you think, we think as the hero in our own story, we can do better with the money. We can shepherd that capital in a different, better way for more people. So I've said multiple times, I don't want to be a billionaire. I could be, but I don't want to be. And if I do accidentally become one, you won't see me remain one because that money will go out to other people. So that's how I'm going to choose to be a billionaire. That's how I'll choose to spend my money. And I do it on, on different levels today already. So I also say like, some people are really afraid of make of like success because they feel like that'll make them this bad person. Or they like, I, I don't need all that money. I really don't need all that money to live on. Great. You know what you can do because it'll be your money. You can give it away. Yes. You can start a school. You can start a nonprofit that you back. You can do things with the money and the wealth and the power that comes along with it that you decide. And so you're creating and making the world a better place in your image. But if you don't even get there because you're afraid of it or you don't want to be seen as too pompous, it's going to go to someone. Yeah. So why not? What you? if they don't believe in what you believe? <laughs> yeah. Right. What, what if they don't believe in what you believe and they add more bad to the world? Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. And that's actually an interesting point that what you can do with it. Maybe you could help us a little bit with an, an example of this. And, and Russian actress uh, Sophie Tucker once said, I've been rich and I've been poor. Rich is better. Yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. why? Why is it better? You've been rich and you obviously, we know your backstory, especially folks who read your first book, understand your backstory. Why is it better? What does it avail you? Yeah. I say money doesn't buy happiness, but it rents it. I don't know. Like yeah, it does rent it. It rent it's it's fleeting, but it happens. Things that come to mind are and I'll start preface it by saying I reinvest much of my money. 
into building what I believe is the bigger and bigger play. So it is like, I will give this to Elon. He does this. He reinvests and to go from Tesla to the SpaceX to the, you know, Mm -hmm. Mr. Beast does the same thing where he'll make a lot of money off of a video, but then he pours so much money into the next video. So he personally kind of keeps, he has access to money, have access to money, have a high net worth, but that's what I do. And it's just the, it's just the way I want to play it. Just scaling it. Yeah. Cause I, I believe I can make what I do really, really big, you know, just to be, to be playing with it. It's in the, I've been poor <laughs> most of my life, more than 80% of my life. I've been poor. It's in a couple of things. The first thing I noticed was like not worrying if somebody gets sick in my family. Like we have access not only to like, okay, we can go to the emergency. Like our primary doctor used to be the emergency room. Like I just, I didn't know after I was 18 and off of that insurance, I didn't know what it was like to just have a primary doctor who, who knew me. Right. We'd wait till something really bad happened. I'd go to the emergency room and then I would leave. And then that, there would be maybe a record, maybe not. So just that and like being able to say to my mom, if she's ailing, hey, let's go to the doctor. And her not saying, well, we can't do anything if they find something anyway. So why would we go? We just go. And, and, and doing things to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Then it's in the oh if I if I want a pair of shoes like I used to have shoes for seven years or so until they had holes in them and then I could get the next pair of shoes you know pay less I I didn't know anything but pay less nothing wrong with pay less I'll still wear some pay less shoes but they really hurt your back for the most part and you don't even realize they're hurting your feet hurting your legs and hurting your back so your quality of life isn't as high so I can buy any pair of shoes I want I don't I don't but I can. So a lot of it is in the I can of it all. Right. Also traveling. My brother, Rook, he's 38, 39, 39. And most of his friends have p- passed away from growing up, either through gun violence, through disease, through taking their own lives, through natural causes. Most of the, I mean, a higher percentage than 50% of his friends are no longer here. Mm-hmm. Last year or a year and a half ago, my brother, and I've not done this myself, jet skied on the French Riviera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He danced in the streets of, no, he danced in a the woodlands of Stockholm at a private Spotify event with yes. millionaires and billionaires. The ability to be able to provide that, that you can never take away from us, no matter what happens next, that's what's important. I could also speak to the ability to be able to invest in other people and the ability to be able to make other people's dreams come true and help them. And and then also, you know, see a return on that and kind of the fun of the business side of things. But that's what I think of first. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Lisa Nichols, who says that money can buy a lot of memories. Um, it sounds like that's what you're, you're, you're yeah. explaining. So I, I want to respect your time. One of the most uh, profound quotes from your book was on page or is on page 50, 155, where you said, flaunting outward symbols of perceived status is not the same as achieving true success. We have to remember mm-hmm. that being successful is not the same as seeming successful, even if our Instagram feed might make it appear otherwise. Yep. So many of us in the LGBTQ community are trying to make up for 
being disenfranchised and marginalized as children and trying to validate ourselves in adulthood, you know, the best little boy in the world, right? And how do we not get distracted from the perceived success and focus more on the real success, the perceived success being my Instagram feed looks good, but I can't maybe necessarily help my mom and dad if they're sick, mm-hmm. if they're sick, or I can't provide those memories that you're you're talking about being able to provide your brother. Not to take two different gay things at once, but <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> can you have too much gay things? <laughs> oh, you never can. Thank you. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, like you will be found out. You know, you won't be able to live up to certain things. I, I know of a, of a person who on Instagram, you would think that they won the lottery. They are lossing. And then I had a conversation with someone who knows both of us. And I was like, well, they just did that. And they said, Mm-mm. they said they actually were on a trip and they couldn't finish the trip because they ran out of money on the trip. And everybody in the trip learned about it. You're going to get found out. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So you can do that. Maybe have fun for a couple years with that. Maybe it, it's like a, a hit of a drug, and it for that moment it feels right, feels good, but it doesn't last. You can build instead. You can say, well, let me just go ahead and and post about my journey, post about my learnings, and as I get there and get higher and higher, people will come with me. Some people will fall off because some people don't like other people to succeed. It hurts them. But most people will come with you. And I've noticed this myself. If I came into the game 10 years ago and I was like trying to pretend that I had this money or that I even hid the tough stuff that was going on. Like I could have kept it like not personal at all and just said, building this fund for underrepresented founders. I've raised a couple million dollars. I'm so cool because I can invest money in founders. So come to me. I could have done that. And, you know, but I would have been very cookie cutter. It would have been really, really like, okay, great. Good for you. Do you understand I have a, I have a, I don't want to call an army or just a group of people who are so delighted by any little thing that I get to accomplish or experience because they feel like they've been on the journey with me, whether they've known me for 10 years or just finding me this week. Because of that trail of information and like vulnerability and transparency that I have left that tells you I've gone from this to this and I'm still going, that is something that you can't pay for or or buy. It feeds into the thing that will make you successful. Because the reason I was able to be on ABC News with Lindsay Davis is because I have a story rather than this made up, I'm already there kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting. So I definitely appreciate that. I think that's one of the things that most people get frustrated with success is how do I know whether this is real or fake? And, mm. You know, it, the same thing with like filters on 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 social media. How do I know that that's what they really look like? And mm. now with AI and all the stuff that it does, having that realness is really important. We actually reached out to our listeners and we asked them, do you have any questions for Arlen? And we got one that we think is kind of ties into what you're just what you're just talking about. This came from Tasha, who runs Queer Black Wealth on Instagram. And Tasha asked, How do you balance transparency, what you're just talking about, being real, and personal boundaries? And the expectation as someone who's quote unquote made it with your 
this expectation that you have to help others in your community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. queer people, queer black people or black people. How do you, that's what she wants to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, all of that. So there's a couple of things. So I'll start with the fir- the second part. So I definitely, because of my story, get multiple messages per day that are along the lines of, I can't pay rent. I need you to send me some money. And some of them are just as bold as that. And I don't know them. And some of them are more like, hey, if you just give me a chance and invest in my company, then I can pay the rent and I will be okay. And the first few years of what I was doing, it was tougher for me to understand what to do. And so what I what I have learned and what I've decided over the years is I don't owe anybody anything. You know, Ani DeFranco says, the world owes you nothing, but we owe each other the world. So it's like, I care about people at large and I want people to succeed. But I do that through the ways that I want to. 90% of that is going to be through scale. The books that I put out, the videos that I put out, the free game that I put out, the times that I help founders in office hours and pick up the phone and help people at publicly, that is all for the audience. That is all the stuff that I'm giving. Personally, I also have donated a million dollars to scholarships to certain people. I've also, I also very frequently give people money and don't, and don't ask for anything in return, just turn away and walk away. But those are my terms. That's what I want to do. And I think that the best thing I can do for someone is give them as much information, keys, game as possible to help them pull themselves up. Because I was in that position. And I know what it's like to feel like I just need someone to just give me money. I just need someone to give me money. I'm desperate. And I know what it feels like to say, okay, somebody gave me money. And now three months later, I'm desperate again. But when someone sits me down and says, don't do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you get this sustainable. And they teach me to fish. I also see how that's turned into incredible amount of ROI, return on investment of time, energy. And so that to me, it's like I'm doing a disservice to someone. Five steps. My brother taught this to me. He's a wise man. He heard this somewhere and he shared it with me and helped me so much. It's changed my life. The five steps that when you give someone something, there's a more eloquent way of saying it, but this is kind of how you think about it. Let's say you wanted, let's say the two of you wanted to gift somebody a hundred dollars because they asked, they desperately needed it. You get to decide whether or not you want to do that, but just know that they're going to go through these five stages with you if you continue to give them stuff. So the first time you give them a hundred dollars, they're going to be grateful. They're going to feel gratitude. If they come back to you or if you go to them and it's the next month or whatever, and you give another hundred dollars. Now they're going to start anticipating that you are going to give them something again. If you do it a third time, let's say it's like you're donating to them or you have this thing where it's like every month I'll give you a little bit to help with your company or whatever. The third time, now we've just crossed over to expectation. I expect to get that from you next time. Gratitude's gone. Anticipation is gone. Expectation. The fourth time you do it, it's now entitlement. I'm entitled to that money. You've given it to me three times before. You gave it to me just now. I'm getting it next time. There's no question. Now that sounds terrible. And the person's, oh, they're, how dare they? 
But let me tell you, number five is the most important one. And that's where you, we have made the mistake. Dependency. Now they're dependent on drug or alcohol. So when we are back at number one and we have the decision to make, we have to decide a couple things. Is this just a gift one time only? If it's a one-time gift and we articulate that to the person, we probably are going to be okay. It's one time. I will not be doing this again. I want to gift this to you. I don't want anything in return. And you walk away. Or you can decide, I'm okay with them coming back to me or they may need more, but I need to understand that I need to give them some way out. I need to give in that time between one and five, we got to figure out before they get to five or four, how they make this on their own. So I can give you the money now because I know you need it, but we're going to have a meeting next week and we're going to go over your books and we're going to figure out what you can do or get you a DoorDash gig or what. Right? Right. So that's how I think about, I am not everybody's den mother. I'm not your gay auntie. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm not because I understand that. And then the other piece was just like balancing transparency and giving away too much I just decide what I want to be on and what I don't. It's just a matter of that. There's something like my relationship with my wife, uh, for the most part, is very private. Little things I'll I'll talk about her, but she she's a private person. Mm-hmm. Her family is private, so that's that's sort of things. But the rest of it, I can I can talk about. Love that. I, well, I definitely like that you tied in this idea that where you give is your choice. When mm-hmm. we give, it's our choice of where we put our time and our money and our energy. And if somebody is resentful for us not giving them, they're taking for granted and minimizing the choices that we make that make us happy. And that's something that we have to remember. We cannot allow other people to make us hate ourselves or not happy with ourselves because we don't give. We get to choose where that money goes. So many of us are people pleasers. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really toxic. Yeah. And that's so, so common in our community. Yeah. So. Totally. so that was a great question and an amazing answer. Yeah. Thank you so much for another great interview to our listeners and viewers. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Please stay tuned for your Queer Money Takeaway and to find out how you might be able to win a free copy of Arlen's new book. Thank you. Awesome. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you again for joining us for another episode. Get your queer money takeaway from this episode in this week's newsletter and how you could possibly win a free copy of Arlen's new book, Your First Million, as well as your tip for reaching financial independence faster. Then join us this Thursday when we share the most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city to live in in Arkansas. And next Tuesday when we share the most significant expense gay retirees will face in retirement taxes. Thank you and have an amazing week. If you or someone you know is in or near Denver on Thursday, June 13th, go to queermoneypodcast.com forward slash tour to reserve a spot to win amazing swag, including our very popular fried sunglasses, free coffee, and of course, an hour of Queer Money Bingo hosted by yours truly. That's queermoneypodcast.com forward slash tour.